Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hi, I'm Stephanie Hansen, and we are here with Makers of Minnesota, the podcast on My Talk 1071 about all things made in Minnesota and the people who make them. I am here with Ryan Ott, who has a company called Midwest Tiny Living. And Ryan, I'm obsessed with tiny houses, <laughs> tiny living, so I am just dying to talk to you. That's great. How uh, how did you get into this tiny home movement? You know, I've been watching it uh, kind of progress for the last probably really five years. And about two years ago, I was on Twitter pretty heavily um, and trying to find somebody who might want one back then. You know, this is probably two years ago. And everybody said, you How know, had you heard about it that you wanted someone to... <laughs> sure. Um, so I've been in the building construction for, I don't know, the better part of 18, 20 years, something like that. So I've been um, building things, you know, mostly residential properties. Yep. Um, and I have saw them just on the t you know on like the hgtv when uh-huh. they were just you know five years ago six years ago Tiny something House like Nation. that you know and it was just this small kind of idea that was happening um unique spaces well built you know well put together really interesting space um not just something that's slapped together which appeals to me i really like that concept of something that's really well designed and, yep. and kind of more purposeful than than just some something that's you know, slap together. So you go out on Twitter and you're trying to find someone that wants one of these. How hard was it to find it, your first client? Yeah, it was really interesting because everybody was like, show me one. Let me see it. Let yeah. me see what you can do. In, you know, and uh, at that time, I didn't have the capital uh, to get really going with it. With it, So I just kind of set it down, um, the concept, a couple of years ago now. Yep. And uh, and finally this year, I've I worked some things and got things figured out, so I put together a model, and and now we're now we're rocking and rolling. So you make tiny houses. Mm-hmm. Do you make tiny houses only on um, mobile platforms, or do you also make tiny houses on like a concrete slab? That's okay, depending on where it is, and depending on what the jurisdictions and the the uh, guidelines are. The things that I make are in a building in my shop. Typically on a trailer, I could build something that could be um, delivered and dropped off. But since I'm not a licensed contractor in Minnesota, I couldn't build a permanent residence. Is there a reason that you're not a licensed contractor? Um, What is that? Is that just like a personal choice or do you think you'll get there eventually? I don't think that I really want to. I want to reside in the space that is tiny houses, which is this kind of this narrow band of of permanent living, which is not necessarily legal in some areas. Yeah, it's there's becoming all these legal considerations because yeah. originally they're being pulled, right? Like, mm-hmm. a, and that has less legal restrictions. Yeah, you know, you're you're covered under the Department of Transportation. Then, if, if it's on wheels, so then it's more like uh, a camper or something like yep. that versus a primary residence, which would be affixed to the ground. You know, real property. Basically. And then you're drawing utility and electricity yeah. yep. from the municipality. Yeah, and it seems like that movement is growing too because people are talking about like mother-in-law apartments mm-hmm. and we only have so much space in the urban areas mm-hmm. anyway you know like i have a huge backyard that you could easily 
put a whole nother house in my backyard yeah. with a driveway if I was allowed to split off my space. Yeah, if you if you could do it. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, going to that, um, you, you can only have so many square foot on your property as far as, you know, built on your property. But if you wheel in a trailer, now it's not, it's temporary, so you can do a little bit more with it. Yeah, interesting. And that's why, that's why most people put it on trailers because it's temporary and you can move it around. So uh, Midwest Tiny Living, you mm-hmm. have a website, MidwestTinyLiving.com. Yep. How do you find clients or how do clients find you? How many of these have you built? I'm, I've just built a few. I'm, I'm, I still, actually, I, I still haven't finished my model because I've been getting other projects in between there. So as I've been building a model, which I, unfortunately didn't happen two years ago, yep. um, I just didn't have anything to show back then. So, so as I've been building a model and posting it on social media, your Facebook and your Twitter, Instagram is pretty good. Yep. Um, as I've been building it, people have been, hey, can you build me one? And and exactly, yes, I absolutely can. So just a few of them so far. I just got done with a uh, teardrop camper as well, oh, which is a four by eight, I'm dying. four feet by eight feet, you know, piece of plywood that, that somebody's going to camp in. That's really just for camping. It's not full-time residence at all. That just sounds so great. And they'll pull yeah. it behind their car. Yep. She's got like a little Ford Focus and she'll be on the road for a month. She's going to go down to NASA, like uh, space NASA. And, uh, you know, cruise from Minnesota to Texas and then head over to Florida and, and just have a nice a nice month-long tour. So people are finding out about you through social media. Mm-hmm. Um, the Do you have, like, I see all these different plans for tiny houses. Do mm-hmm. you develop your own plans? Do you use someone else's plans? So far, I've used plans off the Internet. So whether that's a purchase plan or uh, a free plan, because there's plenty of free plans out there. Um, the couple that I'm building for next, actually, their uncle is designed the plan so i'm just going off of his plans they mm-hmm. they have it a specific way and then i also have a friend who is a drafter so i could i can hand sketch i can get the concept we can go over things you know where things are going to go and then he can turn it into more of a a real print so from the time that they contact you to the time that they drive away in their tiny home mm-hmm. approximately because you mentioned you do this yourself like yeah. you are a one-man band yep Approximately how much time does it take? About three to four months. That's faster than I would have thought, actually. Yeah, it's slower than what I feel I should be. <laughs> Is there a reason that you're not hiring other people to work with you? You know, just getting going. Um, I I can dedicate all the time that I have that I need to on it. Um, you know, restrictions, bootstrapping, trying to keep things as, as least, you know, as inexpensive as possible. I'd hope to get to a point where I can maybe have a crew of two or three people because mm-hmm. as you add people... You know, it's not, if you have two people, it's not twice as fast. It's probably two and a half or three times as fast because there's less distance between everything. So um, then I'd probably be able to finish one in six weeks. Can we talk about that for just a second? So just my business mind is looking at this and going, okay, if he hires another person, he can move two and a half times as fast, Mm -hmm. which means he can build more and utilize his time more efficiently. Mm What prevents that? Is it because you have so much capital wrapped up in the materials for the one you're building currently that you don't have enough to pay someone? What what would an hourly wage be? I, you know, it's residential construction. You know, so you're probably somewhere between fifteen and twenty dollars an hour for a for a, a person. Yeah, kind of I feel the... like I want to give you fifteen to twenty dollars an hour so you can hire someone <laughs> to move this along a little faster. Well, I'm impatient. We, we for can you. talk about that, I guess. Um, I think it's just you know keeping things on the on the the easy. It's it's a combination of being out so far. I only have one more project right now, which mm-hmm. is it's a shell. So I'll, I'll be doing the frame, siding, roof, windows, which will be about four weeks or so just to get that part. Um, 
and then there's nothing. So it's kind of this hole. So I don't really feel like that I, I want to... I don't want to hire an employee totally. and then six weeks later, have to lay you two off. months later, you know, that was it. Um, I do have some friends that can come and help. If I get into a bind, something's really heavy or I need to, to do something, I have people that can just come over. So I get a little bit of help for zero dollars, which, yep. which is the right price. Um, but eventually, yeah, I would like to have a little bit more production. Um, but I don't ever want to be in a production level where it's just the same stamped out. Tiny house, you know, yeah, like so you like over. the creativity of what yeah. this is. So yep. tell me about that. So <laughs> the creative part of it, I guess, would be I used to – so I've been in the building construction um, and quite a few years ago for about four years from like uh, 2002 to 2006 or something right in that area. I worked for the boat restorer, Dave Watts, um, Little Rock Boat Works up in Rice. And he restores classic and antique wooden boats. Oh, my gosh. Like the Chris Crafts and yeah, the just Chris beautiful Crafts. boats. Yep, exactly. So so I worked with him for a while, and I really developed this this eye for, you know, this style and, and working with real materials, wood and metal and, you know, that sort of stuff. Uh, so I really, really like that, I don't know, that aesthetic of it. Yeah. Where I don't, I really don't like the same cookie cutter house over and over. And I've sided plenty of them, and I've roofed plenty of them, and I've done you know, so many more and it just, it's, they're so detracting. I, I just don't like that. So I really like the, the concept of building something that's really purposeful for the person that it's going to be. Yeah. So you're, someone comes to you, do you kind of hire them too, in effect? Yeah. I would say, you know, the consultation process takes a little bit, understanding what they're going to be doing in it, how they want it to function for them, how tall they are, um, well, you know, that's funny. Why yeah. is that a consideration? <laughs> Usually there's lofts in there. So I'm six foot tall. So I'd like to to walk under a loft that's probably six, five or six, seven yep. in a part. But then if there's people that are shorter, maybe they would like to have more of that headroom on the top versus at the bottom. I so see. It's, yeah. So at some of that, you have to kind of fit it to the person that it's going to be for too. Oh, so it is really custom like that. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you're going to build someone a tiny house. Can you, you've watched these shows and you meet these people and mm-hmm. you haven't done a ton of them, but what kind of person wants a tiny house and what are they using it for? Are they using it as like their primary domicile? Yeah, I would say that there's there's a broad spectrum, but according to the research that I found online, I did not do the research. But <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, they're saying that the highest percentage of people that buy tiny houses are female um, and something along the lines of less maintenance, easy to deal. Yeah. Um, and it's like female, college-educated, you know, good job, and that sort of stuff that, that likes to buy these tiny houses, statistically. And there's so much that you see and read about where they want to have financial independence. Yeah. Like, they don't want to be tied down to a monthly yeah. mortgage. Yeah, for sure. So let's say I'm going to build you a tiny house, and it's $50,000, which is like, oh, my God, it's $50,000. But if you think about that, over five years, your house is paid for. It's nothing. You know, it's yeah. done. That's a new vehicle. That's a new trucker. Yeah, car. in the grand scheme of housing so, costs. Yeah. So five years later, you you pay maybe the same that you're paying for now. That payment is gone. Um, because you have so such little amount of space, you're not buying other things constantly. You know, mm-hmm. just consumerism of America. Um, you're going to live a little bit smaller. You're going to have more money for adventures, you know, actual actual things to do. And then heating and cooling is way reduced. We're talking like twenty to thirty dollars a month to heat and cool these things. Cool, because they're so small and yeah. efficient. Um, so you know, financial is a big one. 
the ability to get out and use nature as part of your house as well. I think a lot of people live in, you know, two or 3,000 square foot houses, and then they have that all set up, and they have this big TV and, you know, all of these amenities. So you don't use the exterior space to your advantage either. Yeah. So this almost puts you in a place where you have to go outside to get a little bit more space. It's funny because I have a, a small cabin. It's not a tiny house, but – and it's – um there's we have a huge deck around all the way mm-hmm. around and we really use that space yeah. as living space we yep. cook out there on the grill and we do a yep. lot out there and i'm seeing tiny houses being built on our lake sure where people it's very expensive to buy lakeshore yep. they get a small piece of it and yep. then they put a tiny house and yep. they really work on building that outdoor, that outdoor area space yep i love that By idea. doing awnings or um pergolas or whatever it's yeah. gonna be yeah some kind to of a build patio um, and if you're building these on wheels, do you like – some of them have – what's that? It's like um, – I don't know the name of it. The like cross-hatched that keeps the oh, animals like out. Yeah, like the lattice, lattice that keeps yeah. the animal out in the – So I haven't I haven't got any lattice for any projects, but I've seen them where they definitely do that just to protect that. Um, the ones that I build have a full sheet of metal underneath them, so rodents or something can't get inside the trailer. Yep. Inside the house. But, you know, as far as nesting underneath – yeah, it's whole different, it's gonna, whole different deal. Yeah, if you, if you want to keep something out, yeah, good luck anyway. So. When you watch these shows, they like I'm trying to give you an example of this, but like one show, the guy played electric guitar as mm-hmm. a hobby, so they made this special bench that his guitar fit perfectly in. Like they yeah. custom make these little details for their lifestyle. Yeah. Do you do that as well? Yeah, for sure. So the one that I'm going to build, th- they designed a lot of it, but we also are talking about different ways to make that space function. So one wall of their tiny house doesn't have any windows because he's a guitar player as well. And he's got three or four different ones that he wants to display on this wall. So instead of having windows, they're just going to put his guitars on the wall as art. You yeah, know, that makes and, sense. And use that. So um, that I like to, I do like to, you know, add that little quirky tidbit of something special. Um, and I'd like to do more of that as things go on. The The gal that just got the, the teardrop camper, we gave her a care package. So it's like road snacks and a little journal. So she's, you know, set on Cute. Colored, colored pencils and uh, coloring book. We didn't want to give her too much because she's got this four by eight. You know, yeah, space teardrop to, camper. Yeah, space to be in. But so, yeah, definitely we want to incorporate that sort of stuff. Um, I, when I say we, I, I mean my wife. She's She thinks about that stuff. Well, let's talk about <laughs> so. that. So, Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here. Check out my brand new podcast, Two Week Notice, where we discuss the process of quitting your job and living a more fulfilling life. I want you living the dream. Find Two Week Notice on my website, jaredsebesta.com, or subscribe on iTunes today. You mentioned your wife, like she's a part of your business. Yeah. You're a one man band. Yeah. Is she helping you build this business? Is it? Is she the full time? Is she working full time for the medical benefits? Tell me how that works. <laughs> no, actually, we both we both pay for our own health insurance, so that's fine. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so why? It's terrible. Yeah. Um, she helps when I ask, which is which is not too often, but you know, occasionally when it's like crunch time, let's get things done. Hey, can you come help me? Um, but as far as book work or anything, she's kind of hands off. She doesn't. She doesn't really do that. She likes her time. So yeah. And so I meet a lot of couples that work together. Yeah. So you guys don't really work together. She would just be offering to help you out if you need. Yeah, it. we okay. we definitely would. I think you know in the long in in the long arc, we probably will work together at uh-huh. some point. Um, but right now, she's too busy doing what she's got to do for yep. work. Um, she does HR for a company, so yep. she's just constantly you know busy. 
Um, in Did terms you? of financing, so yeah. you f- go out, you troll on social media, you get your first client. <laughs> yep. Now I'm assuming you have to buy like $20,000 yeah. worth of stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. Did you just put it on credit cards? How did you finance your first house? Yeah, there's a lot of it that's in-store credit or credit cards, you know, that's not just straight up cash. So yep. it's it's a lot of, you know, bootstrapping and figuring it out, setting timelines to 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 the project to where you have a down payment, which is going to get you started. And then you try to get those, you know, um, milestones as you go to get that, that paid for so you can kind so of So the stay. client pays you along the yeah, way as well. Yeah, I like to set up milestones. So the, the next one that I have is, you know, the down payment and then there'll be two two setup payments. So, yep. so one about can... halfway and then one when it's done. So And you mentioned that you buy your own medical insurance. Yeah. Um, about what percentage of that is your take home, is your insurance, if you don't mind my asking. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I have only catastrophic insurance so it's not super amazing uh-huh um but i i don't i don't know what percent i don't know what that is we we were we've been talking about medical insurance with different mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and like i think for me personally it's it's like 15 maybe 20 percent of my yeah. income is going towards insurance for my family yeah that's a tough it's a tough sell i i think that the concept of the new way is good i think the concept is there but the functionality of it is not quite there i couldn't yet. agree more and i'm a i'm I am a. I don't go to the doctor. I, I the last time was a thirty year checkup. You're a you man. Know? Yeah, that's so, pretty typical. <laughs> I mean, I get cut. You just put some glue or duct tape on it yeah. or whatever. So, um, as far as that goes, and at my thirty year checkup, he's like, yeah, I don't know, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I guess you're fine. So, um, but I don't have you know all the things that the ladies need to go to the regular. You know, yeah, and then you know you. Eat. You will get into your yearly checkups as yeah. you're a little bit older. Yeah, which is coming around. I mean, yeah, you know, getting things checked more regularly. Yeah. Um, let's talk. You mentioned when we first started talking about social media, mm-hmm. you have to be an expert not only in building, but now in Twitter, in Instagram. You mm-hmm. mentioned um, Facebook. Yeah. Are there what of those social mediums are pulling traffic for you? And are you advertising at all or just doing the it, on your own at this point? So I do some ad buys on Facebook. Okay, so you're like boosting posts and that sort yep, of thing. Yeah, which also pushes over to Instagram when they when they work right. You have to give the right image and sizes and stuff for it to post yep. over to Instagram. So I do some ad buys, which is maybe a hundred dollars a month or something like that. Not very much, but still, you get impressions of probably three to five thousand off of mm-hmm, that. You know, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more, um, which is good. I think I'm visually putting together a product that people like to look at anyway. Yeah, they're pretty fun. So that's really easy versus, uh, I don't know, some other some other pro- product that is not so visual, I guess. That yep. might be a little bit tricky. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I post pretty often. I do videos on Instagram, and then, and then actually my phone downloads those, and then I post those, repost them up natively to Facebook as well. Yeah. And then I'll do that natively to Twitter as well. So instead of... Just sharing a post on Instagram, I'll bring it off and then natively post it on Twitter or Facebook as well. And have you, in those actions, actually secured a client from doing that, or do you think you're still building awareness? I think I think mostly I'm building awareness, building a, uh, some kind of a following mm-hmm. on there, um, trying to get the personality aspect of me into it. So then, uh, you know, you can be a little bit more trusted. You're a little bit more of a, an advisor person. So at the point that somebody is ready to take the dive, take the leap to tiny or whatever they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
then they already know you a little bit. So then I think you have that much more rapport built up with them or already. I would use video for anybody listening. Use video in your business. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, we've been experimenting with that with our show, The Weekly Dish, that we do mm-hmm. our food show on Saturdays, uh, me and Steph March. And it's really interesting how fast those views rack up. Yeah, for sure. And you you guys have a pretty good base of, of people, yep. you know. So when I do when I put together a good video or something that's really shareable and interesting, it goes out pretty quickly. And, and you know, for me, three or 500 views is a lot. Yep. That's pretty good. And it's it's kind of interesting how, how to... And then you wonder how you can recreate that same feeling or, you know, emotion or something like that. But it doesn't always work that way, but... You're a very interesting builder person that you're thinking about feelings <laughs> and emotions and how to get all of that going in your social media. And as I've talked to different makers, it is really requiring lots of skill sets to be successful. Yeah. Is there anything that you're like, oh, God, I wish I could do that better? Book work. Okay. And yeah. that's pretty common, too. Yeah, but you can hire that out. Yeah, totally. You can hire that. That's that's pretty easy to just to slough off. And if you... If you if you think about it, you know, it's going to take me, I'm going to make X dollars on actually building hands on building and it's going to take me X dollars to pay somebody to do the accounting mm-hmm. and bookwork. I actually pay them less. It, it actually costs me less money. Just yeah. To keep then working. your own. That's smart too, because yeah. sometimes we get so mired in that we have to do everything right. ourselves. Yeah. And just don't. I mean, if I was going to give a piece of advice, do the thing that makes you money, not you know, spends money because you can make it faster than you can spend it. Yeah, that's that it takes sense. people a long time to figure that out yeah. sometimes. And do the things that you like to do. I like to build things, you know. I don't like to sit in an office and click away at the computer necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even you know, social media posting and things like that. I don't know if I necessarily really enjoy it, but I know I have to do it. Yeah, it's kind of a necessary yeah. evil at this point. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I do like making the videos because that's fun. Yeah. Are there a lot of people in your space? Like, is it competitive for tiny home building in the Midwest? So in the Midwest as a general, I would say that there's probably six builders, maybe 10. Um, I know specifically of three in Minnesota. One of those is a school. They keep the technical college is building tiny houses. Really? I think the space is getting more and more competitive. Yeah. Um, But I also see that same... We're going to build a split level house and make 40 of them and, you know, it's going to be X dollars and here you get to choose the exterior color where I want to play in the space that's, what do you want? How how do you want it to fit you? And how does it fulfill what's, your what's vision? What's it going to be? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm more satisfied at the end of the day knowing that I purposely built something for somebody with their aesthetic in mind than just building the same product continuously over and over as far as the tiny houses go. We're talking to Ryan Ott. He is with Midwest Tiny Living. I have to ask you, I was on your website <laughs> about camping pods. Yeah. These were fantastic. Yeah, Tell me about those. Beautiful spaces. So um, I don't remember exactly the, the nationality, you know, a thousand years ago that built a similar looking structure. So it's kind of this cathedral shape. Um, and that one was built out of rock stones. Okay. So the original kind of this cathedral shape is... is um, you know, if you can think of cathedral windows, you know, you know, anyway. Yeah, go it's to the like website, a round tent yeah, looking thing. it's kind of this thing. On a so, platform. So over in Europe, there's a company that decided to make these into a camping situation. Mm-hmm. So it's it's this, it's wood, pine interior, tongue and groove pine interior, and then uh, some kind of a cladding, whether that's a steel roof or a cedar exterior or something like that. Um, there's this company in Europe that started doing these and they positioned them as camping pods. So instead of staying in a tent, you can be, you know, dry high and dry inside these things you don't need to buy an rv 
And then they started placing them or campgrounds started buying them. So that's what's where the concept comes from. They're doing really well with that. And I'm bringing that over here because I know I can build that in my shop. And it's something that really uh, looks really nice. I mean, I really like the way that they look. So I, I'm really interested in building that. They're beautiful. So, and yeah. I can see a campground buying them. Yeah. Could you, like, we have land. Could you put mm-hmm. them on your own land? And how big are they? So the structure that I'm looking at is eight feet wide. The finished outside exterior is going to be eight and a half feet wide or so. Um, and then 16 feet long. Mm-hmm. So eight by 16, the, the sleeping area or the interior area is eight by 12. And then there's about a three foot porch on the front and a little one foot overhang. If the math all works out. They're there. adorable. So, yeah. You can put it, um, they're definitely movable. So yeah. I can build it in my shop. I can load it on a trailer and then drop it off. I can build it in a space so I can prefabricate all of the pieces and then like a Lincoln log house. Yep. Go with a four-wheeler if necessary and, and a small trailer and bring all of it to some, you know, remote location. Um, I had thought about maybe these places that you have to portage to and and you want some kind of a building out there. It definitely would be fit the bill for that pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, I have a cabin in Ely, Minnesota, yeah. and there's lots of uh, islands and places mm-hmm. that are hard to get to yeah. from the road, but so the materials, you could bring them over by boat for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. The materials break down. 16 feet is the longest Um and it would probably take a couple trips, but yep. you know, I mean, that's that's how you do that. So, uh, yeah, they're they're really elegant. It's a kind of a simple elegance. It's it's it just looks better than like a log cabin or yeah. the traditional Minnesota log cabin. How much does something like a camping pod cost? All they're in? about ninety five hundred dollars. Okay. Yep. Wow. So think about that too. Like for us, we have a cabin, mm-hmm. but maybe we need more sleeping space, yep. and like we do house. have tent platforms that yep. we will. So in it would be a $10,000 solution yep. versus, you know, another cabin. Yeah, exactly. Versus another cabin, you know, it's a nice bunkhouse. You could add electricity to it or mm-hmm. some kind of a LP gas if you wanted to have yeah. a burner going. So they're um, so cute. Yeah, and the price, the price is, you know, it's it's reasonable. It's not like this, you know, crazy amount. Um, it makes, manageable. like, it, it makes getting cabin, getting land, mm-hmm. putting the structure on the land, mm-hmm possible for middle-class families, people yep. in their, you know, 20s and 30s versus yep. having to wait till you're 50 and almost retired yeah, yeah, to have exactly. your lake home, you know? Yeah, exactly. You can buy a piece of property and, and put something like that on there and you have a, a solid place to live yep. while you're camping. Um, I build it all out of thick material. So instead of, so I build it out of two inch thick tongue and groove pine versus what you'd typically see is like a three quarter inch thick. So it's yep. two and a half times, you know, bigger so this thing is going to last 50 or 60 years for sure before you have to do any kind of maintenance on it. Oh, that is so awesome. That's, that's the way I want to build things. I want to build things that will last for as long as humanly possible. Yeah, it's just, there's, it's really beautiful. It's a great yeah. concept. Ryan, thank you for yeah. the inaugural journey of being the first man on our <laughs> ah, podcast. Yes, yes. I really appreciate that. I think that's that. great, actually. I think it's great that it's been ladies so far. Yeah, it I has been. That's... But, you know, men can come, too. Um, if you are listening to this podcast and you've got a story, Ryan actually reached out to me, I think, on LinkedIn uh, or maybe Facebook, Facebook yeah, from a Facebook, friend that yep. recommended. Yep. Um, you can find me at shanson at hbi.com if you want to email me. Otherwise, I'm Stephanie Hansen on LinkedIn. I'm Weekly Dish because of the radio show on Twitter. Uh, Stephanie's Weekly Dish on Instagram. We've got uh, Min Makers. Uh, we've got Makers of Minnesota. We've got all kinds of Twitter handles and social media outlets. You can find me. If Ryan can find me, you can find me. Right. And I want to hear your stories. 
I want to hear um, how it is that you guys decide to make what you make and do what you do and make the sacrifices you're you're making. Are you um, do you read like books or business magazines or how do you get your creativity and your ideas? You know, my wife says, how did you come up with that? Probably once a week or something like this. <laughs> I've always been an entrepreneur since I since I can remember. Um, I've had other businesses. I've owned my own construction. Co- I have been a licensed contractor. Um, I had a restaurant in Crossroads Mall in St. Cloud. Okay. I, um, I've done other miscellaneous things along the way. And, and a lot. A true jack of all trades uh, yeah. or a Ryan of all trades, yeah. as it were. So I grew up, my, my father passed away when I was one. And I grew up with just my mom and my sister. Yep. So I was the man of the house. And if the pilot light went out in the furnace, I had to go figure out how to do it. So I think just this lifelong figuring it out has really served me well. Um, and I'm also like a solution person. So if you have a problem, I just want to find a solution for you. Yeah. Whether you want the solution or not, I'm going to give it <laughs> to you. Sometimes yeah. in a marriage, you know, you can yeah. be solving things we don't want you to solve. But so, yeah, you that's know, another show. My mom is really artistic. She's a great painter. She does stained glass. She's a, I've grown up around her doing these different things, um, kind of that polymath thing. Um, and I just kind of figured that out. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, I just like to do stuff. I don't like to sit around. Doing stuff is yeah. a hallmark of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And you seem like you have a great business that you're launching here. Um, I'm really excited to have talked to you again. I'm just crazy about the stuff that you're doing. It's Midwest yeah. Tiny Living. It is Ryan Ott. Um, you will be able to find him on Instagram, on Twitter, on mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, when we post the podcast, we'll put information <laughs> about how to reach these folks. Unfortunately, each of my things is something different because it's this mixture of personal and and whatever. Isn't and, that, uh, that's a funny thing that you bring that yeah. up though, because as you heard me go through all of my media yeah. handles, you started out in this social media space, mm-hmm. kind of, it was personal and then it becomes business. And yeah. then if you're an entrepreneur, sometimes it becomes one and the same, yeah, right? You know, like a rising Phoenix, you know, you have this thing that, that works so long and you burn it up and then you have to start all over that's again, right. which happens often. Um, and then now you have this Twitter handle with, you know, 4,000 people following you. And you're like, should I change it? Do I, is that reasonable or unreasonable? I don't know. So I don't know. I haven't changed it. I haven't. A, it's a branding challenge. It is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it can be. Um, Cause you're just, you know, I talk with other people about that too and try to figure it out. And I think once you have it, you have it. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And I think people will find you if they need to find you. Yeah, I think so. And And you have a group of followers, you know, wherever you're going to go, no matter what anyway. So mm-hmm. And that core group is going to help you along your way. And those are people that know you that have worked in business with you, whether it be yeah. in food service or something they, they else, watch right? The, yeah, they watch your your arc and yeah. and just are along for the ride no matter what. So yeah. you just those are the people you're really kind of catering to because those are the people that are going to help you. Yeah, and they will help you. The, this is a good community of people that want to see you succeed. So yeah, for sure. Thank you for coming in today. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, have a great day. Thank you. <laughs>